Twitching Curtain with me, Rosalind Blessed. So here we are at episode six. Because we are living in a digital world and I am not a digital girl. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry about that. I, I did promise myself earlier that I, I, I wouldn't sing the title and uh, well, now I've let everybody down. It's awkward. It's awkward for all of us. So we just we'll just blow past this uh, this this section of the podcast. Well, we are living in a digital world. There's no doubt that the way we live has significantly changed. Technology expands and evolves and sends its tendrils into every aspect of our lives and. Who knows? I mean, oh, I always think about this, like where we're going to be in 10 years' time, what the evolution is going to be then. Now, I think you'd expect me to be saying that uh, all of this is a great evil and we should just turn off our screens and get outside. Now, I sort of will be saying that to a certain extent throughout the podcast, but I, I think there's also a lot of good to be had from the the way we live now it's it's much easier to get informed uh, to stay connected and yet you could argue equally it is very easy to get misinformed <laughs> there's a lot of fake news and uh, unsubstantiated things out there and it's also a very easy way to become disconnected from real life so it's it's trying to get that balance i think it's a bit of a blessing for me that I was born earlier and therefore the extreme way we live through technology wasn't really around when I was growing up. So I think it's a little easier for me to keep a balance between life online and uh, and that in the real life. I, I suspect that it's a lot harder for the younger generation coming up who haven't known life before this. And I can't imagine what the pressures of that would be like. So we're going to be looking at that a, a bit more in this podcast. One of the reasons I've been grateful not to grow up in the technological age is that I wasn't the most popular child in the world. I wasn't very good at interacting with other children, but I just sort of kept myself to myself. I was a bit of a loner, really, and that was okay. And one sort of gets gets through it, but I can't imagine what what it would be like the terrors of if especially if you're a very sensitive person of growing up in the age of cyberbullying that must be um incredibly difficult to deal with mentally when you're so young but fortunately on the other hand you can find lots of support groups and groups that share your interest online for both children and adults alike and who knows? Perhaps if that existed when I was younger, I wouldn't have been quite such a loner, quite such a lonely child. Oh, sorry, I'm making that sound very tragic. I'm actually quite happy in my own company. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about me. This isn't about me. And to prove so, I wanted to start with a voice from that younger generation, the extremely talented Ori Charles, who I had the privilege of working with recently, who is a uh, <clears throat> probably a good couple of decades younger than I am. So I asked her if she had any material that might throw a bit of light on the world from her perspective in relation to living through media. So do enjoy the extraordinary Ori Charles. Four likes. That's all right. Just four. Maybe there's more. 
No. No. You know, checking my phone makes me feel more alone. Thanks to this possession, being human has become an infection. This obsession demanding perfection. I'm in need of redirection, reflection. Scrolling through so much aggression with no lesson. We have distorted our vision about the point of creation, created so much division. But that was mankind's decision. Now we're close to abolition, extinction. It's asphyxiating. Only caring about what we're retaining and gaining. I can't be the only one it's affecting. I just think we're forgetting what it means to be living, getting wrapped up in sin. It's astonishing. We have created a world people don't want to live in. Where people struggle to fit in, to feel comfortable in their own skin. So yeah... I'll put my headphones in or go and sip another gin. One more step to the coffin. Because I can't face reality. And maybe that's just a part of me. You see, I crave a way to be free. But instead, trip over the debris, the mess in a world we've created. That we've overcomplicated, deflated, slated and hated. Because now we're living to get rated. Insta-likes accumulating, filters exaggerating, real connection evaporating. It's aggravating. There's children riddled with anxiety. And I blame society. I can't even try and see a future with true clarity where I am truly happy being me. Surely life shouldn't be this false. Existing with nothing real in our skulls, breathing, but without a pulse. I refuse to join this waltz. Really living is about people, not this free-for-all. We treat each other like shit, rather than commit and admit we need to work at it. Relationship? <laughs> no need for love when you can just quit, flip. Flit to another, go get another app and switch to another. Just one click for another, swipe right on this. There's another, plenty of fish. I'm just another fish. So I'll lower my top a bit and take another pick. I hope I get more likes than this. And if I'm not noticed, do I even exist? Ah, the wonderful Oriana Charles. Absolutely beautiful. A beautiful soul. And a beautiful woman, inside and out. And I think you can agree with me, an exceptional talent. She really is a woman to be looking out for in the future. And thank you so much for your words. I have to say that absolutely breaks my heart. I get quite teary <laughs> listening to that. Because I'd say the oldest and ugliest of us finds it difficult to hang on to what gives us real value. It's so easy to get distracted by likes, the tyranny of ticks, you know, whatever is most popular. And we forget to look at the things that really define us or define, define our value, in my opinion, which is how we behave, our value system, what we can do and contribute to one another, to mankind, to the world about us, to animals and nature and all of that, the important stuff. And, you know, if I find that difficult to remember, sometimes as a 47-year-old woman, I, you know, must be so hard for the, for the younger generation. 
Well, Oriana started talking there about the swipe right society, this new world of internet dating. And I suppose internet dating has always been there, but of course now it is huge. It is a huge thing. And whilst I was single for a very long time, it is not something that I ever tried. I ended up shying away from it, and it's not something I know a great deal about. So I thought, who do I know who might be able to give me a bit of insight into this world? And yes, of course, one name sprung to mind, the mysterious Tinder Girl. Well, Tinder Girl popped onto Twitter a few years ago and has been making us laugh and cry and holding our hands through this murky water of online dating for, um, for a while now. So I was lucky enough to be able to sit down, have a cup of coffee and have a chat about all things online. Do enjoy. Well, what a treat. I am here with the lovely, the incomparable Tinder girl. Hello there. Hello, how are you? I'm very, very well. Well, intriguing. So I <laughs> think our audience will be very interested in in, in your dating life, which I um, which is not a secret. It's not no, a secret. No, it's online. It's pretty much out there. Isn't it? It's been catalogued. So, yes. So indeed, in fact, if people want to know more about, yes, they can follow me on at girl underscore Tinder. Well, Tinder girl. There you go. All right, well, I'm going to uh, launch into this very in-depth interview. <laughs> okay, so be very scared. Okay, so, uh, Jeff, first of all, just uh, wondered initially, you know, what were your hopes for online dating when you first got on there? Well, it's always the hope that kills us, Roz, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it certainly is the case with online dating. To be honest with you, when I first went on online dating, um, and I probably, on reflection, went on too soon um, <laughs> and would advise people with heartbreak not to do that. I kind of just was dipping my toe in the water. I thought, how exciting is this? You've just got like this scrollable menu of mm. Humans ready to date and fall in love with you. Uh, it's just brilliant. It's going to lift my broken heart. I'm going to go out for dinner and flirt and dress up, and everyone's going to fall in love with me. And then I will find my next life partner, and life will be well. Mm. That was four years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still scrolling. <laughs> oh, four years. That's not too bad. The hope's still there. The, the fire is still burning. Yeah, yeah okay. the despair is increasing. Right. So, um, there's an obvious follow-on uh, thought from that. So, what? So, after that initial uh, expectation, what did mm. you actually find your experience to be when you started to get on in in line? Inline, online dating. Well, again, um, what was interesting in the first few dates, I went out on a few dates with um, a few people who had been doing it probably for as long as I have now. And they were sort of, they were almost grey in pallor <laughs> and, and very dejected and quite depressed. Mm. Um, and I remember one man saying to me, you never get off the apps. Once you're on, <laughs> oh my you're God. on. And I remember thinking... This is all doom and gloom. And I was like, it's fun, surely. Isn't this brilliant? You know, I'm having a great time. What's not to love? Um, (laughs) So I kind of understand. What was the question? Well, it's just sort of what your experience was after the, you know, the initial uh, thoughts. So so that was, so uh, yeah, again, sort of, I guess the overall experience was shock and horror. So um, the things that people will put in their biogs, um, I've got, in fact, I should, I should send it to you as a, as a recording. I've got um, a brilliant George, the definitely not a sheep shagger uh, biog. Lovely. Yes. No, do feel free to send anything over. Or people, you know, I had one guy whose introductory message to me was, would you bang a guy while I watch? 
Oh, um, to which I said, would you bang a guy while I watch? <laughs> and he said, would you like that? And I said, would you like that? Um, so so my first experience, <laughs> guys saying I'm looking for someone to cockold me, mm. um, you know, to which my response was, I'm on here looking for a boyfriend. I can't find one. Do you really think I'm going to find several? <laughs> uh, it, so, so, so shock, really, at the way people would speak speak to people that they've never even met how quickly they would get bless them there are their proper specific groups for that and uh, the help is out there guys (laughs) i promise you there's a great big community don't be barking up the wrong thing and then and then and then i suppose the follow-on from that is although i met i have been on dates with some lovely people um i guess what i hadn't quite accounted for was chemistry is everything you can Mm. go and have a nice chat with someone um but it's quite a weird environment anyway, because it's sort mm. of you're you're going on a date and it's almost but with someone you've never met. So someone whose pictures you've gone, yeah, you look okay. Yeah. You've exchanged a few text messages with and gone, yeah, okay, on that basis. I'll go on a date with you. It's like some weird sort of unspoken contract where it's a date, but you've never met them. Mm. So how much of a date is it? So you're you're getting there ready to be all romantic with them and, and have these feelings, but you're strangers. Exactly. I mean, see, this was my sort of hold mm. back with it because I was like single for, for five years. She was really rather enjoyable. Um, but but obviously a lot of people had said, you know, this is the way forward now. Yeah. Get on there. And- yeah. And I did, and I and I uh, and I got the Tinder up there, and I got as far as sort of arranging a date, and then I really thought about it, and I was like, well, I could go and spend an evening with a stranger, mm. or I could stay on the sofa with my dogs, and that that that, <laughs> that, that one through. I have to say, I've done a lot of dates with yeah. strangers, and some of them have been delightful some of them have been very exciting um and some of them have been dull as dishwater so I suppose I I suppose you get a mix I mean like you say it is fun I Mm. have on the whole really enjoyed this single period because Mm. uh there's a lot of fun and exploration to be had what you also find is a lot of broken people (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of people out there that think they're ready for dating and yet their hearts are broken and and they're they're just not ready to move on that's Um, true you know yeah and I think I think that is well you know one of the not to get too heavy with it but sort of like one of the the, the themes about this 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 media age and things everything's just it's a lot faster it's isn't it so it's fast, just the turnover yeah. is really really, yeah. really fast and yeah it is important to take time to you know spend time with yourself and heal and heal and before you can uh, yeah I think so really sort of yeah and it, it's interesting isn't it about like you say about the speed of the media age it's what, what it doesn't what you don't actually get to do, again, because you're kind of going on that contract of it's a date, you feel like you need to have decided by the end of the date, or sometimes often five minutes within the date, do I fancy you or not? Mm. Whereas when you meet people organically in real life, um, you, you don't, you're not looking at every single person you meet going, oh, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna. Yes, you can say <laughs> Yes, it's, it's not very genteel, this okay. podcast. You're I'm fine. not sure if it gets you. Can you can swear, you can say bang. Okay. Are we going to bang? There we go. That wasn't the word I was going to say. No, so let's use that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can use any go. phraseology you like. Okay. Oh, uh, you know, are we going to have sex? Uh, mm. Are we, are we going to fall in love? You don't meet people mm. in that way. So that when you do meet people mm. and suddenly you feel a bit of a tingle, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, and it is something, then it slowly grows and builds and develops doesn't Mm. it and it's like a a mutual connection that fizzes or you might suddenly notice it within a group of friends that there's one person that you're always a little bit like I like it when this person sits (laughs) next to me but you don't get that in the media Mm. age it's just I feel you know at least I'm in my 40s so at least I've had the opportunity to meet people organically you know but but for people in their 20s this is the real way of dating as well like there is no there is no going to the pub and with your mates on the pool no. um, or anything like that. And I find that quite depressing. Well, I don't, absolutely. And I, yeah, but very hard. For, well, we keep on coming back to this this lockdown, don't we? But mm. I mean, I, I do feel for the, the youngies over that mm. over that period because it must have been very, you know, very difficult. It must have pushed all of that, uh, all of those hormones online, which must have yeah. been really pretty tough. Yeah. I wouldn't have liked yeah. to experience that. 
Yeah, it makes you kind of wonder the pressure as well to become sexual um, over the phone, over video, over Zoom, uh, yeah, over Skype or, or whatever it Which might Which makes be. you feel very vulnerable, presumably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and people sort of, I feel like sometimes there's an expectation to go there more quickly sometimes, Absolutely. which I don't know. If I haven't met someone, I'm not really interested in well, no, seeing their all that, penis. All that, no. No, it's, it's not the most fascinating part of them. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I call me old fashioned. I often call you old fashioned. <laughs> Nobody calls me old Actually, quite a lot of people do call me fashion, but not, not in that way. All right, moving away from my my agedness. Um, so yeah, so what what inspired you to create Tinder Girl? Well, it, it was it was initially the shock. It was the surprise <laughs> of these biogs and and people putting photos of Oreo packets or urinals or <laughs> swatches of paint instead of their face. Um, and I was I I, I was so amused and mind boggled and so determined to make what could feel quite negative sometimes mm. into a positive funny situation and also aware that there were so many there were only so many um times that I could send pictures or or pictures of biogs to my friends without <laughs> them going yeah all right we get it so I, I just kind of thought do you know what I'm just Without any expectation at all, I thought I'm just I might set up a little anonymous Twitter account and just you know just ju- just tweet it and see 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 if there's a community to share yeah. this with. And I had no expectation actually. There's lots of dating accounts out there which mm. didn't even cross my mind. I thought it was doing something really new and exciting. <laughs> Don't be um, always think that. <laughs> no, exactly. But actually, it didn't matter because then you find people to share all of that all of that experience. You know, I didn't know what ghosting or breadcrumbing or orbiting or all of these breadcrumbing. Breadcrumbing is when a man's not or woman Mm. is not really interested in you, Mm. but but doesn't want to let you go just in case. So they'll send out the odd tidbit, the odd breadcrumb of text every few days or or whatever, just to keep you there. Um, So again, and how does that differ from orbiting? Sorry. So orbiting. Uh, I will let you finish your point. Or, no, no, no. I love it. Um, orbiting is when they sort of stalk your social media, but have no longer have anything to do with you. Ooh. So they've already dumped you, but they start liking your Ooh, social media awful. and stuff. Yeah, which is ju- again, it's just weird. It's their way of staying in your head, um, so they don't quite quite let you go. Um, but again, you don't know. What's lovely about the Twitter thing and sharing these experiences is you know it's not just you. Mm. Because I think having sort of dated the organic way Mm. um, and had long-term relationships, I didn't really know that people would just ghost and just decide never to speak to you again <laughs> having gone yeah let's go on a date or last date was lovely really enjoyed it yeah it's silence a... um so when yeah. you hear other people talking about it it's quite nice and then I just discovered that people quite enjoyed Tinder Girls anecdotes basically um <laughs> definitely yeah. I certainly do we do we do and we, we read them a lot in my flat yes <laughs> so um yeah so from that initial sort of want to reach out and get a bit of a community and a bit of like yeah uh, info how, how has it developed now would you say well, has it changed in its nature do you what tinder girl mm. um i think yeah actually because i think i she was just a vehicle to post screenshots of biogs and go what the hell is this <laughs> um and actually because she then started going out on dates mm. um and uh, most recently actually managed a three-month relationship yes. um what, what, that was a that was a great example of actually how she's developed because um <clears throat> I say she she's me <laughs> but people were really cheering the relationship on yeah. people really wanted me to this relationship to work and you know every week I'd do an update of the date that I'd been on and everyone was really excited about it and you know you'd get 
sort of upwards of 500 likes on a tweet and but but hundreds of messages of people going oh he sounds like a good one TG and I feel I feel like she's developed from something that was sort of crass isn't quite the right word but just broad strokes of going what the hell is this to actually an investment really from people mm. on Twitter who actually a lot of people feel like friends oh that's so um, lovely yeah, that's, cute, that's it? exactly it's this is what I've been trying to say though like to give it a bit of a balance that there, there are some really good things about social yeah. media there are some really good things about community and support when we yeah. are feeling isolated and we are feeling a bit on our own yeah it can be really helpful especially do you know what especially during lockdown mm. as well because what you what you miss um or what I missed as a person living on my own during lockdown is a seeing friends. Okay, you can chat to friends and stuff, but what you don't get is that um, either a, a, a work community mm. or in the pub community. So you'd normally have lots of people around you that suddenly, although you could phone a friend, it's not it's not the same. So. Twitter for me creates a bit of a pub community where yeah. you just you all share thoughts and you know support each other yes. and have a laugh. I should be I should be a bit less afraid. Of, Twitter scares me for some reason. Why does I, it don't, scare you? I don't know because I, I just feel like I, I don't know. Just it's I feel like someone's going to be mean to me and then I'll get upset. Oh, you can get mean people. <laughs> there are definitely mean people. Um, luckily, I don't get much meanness, but I have seen. Well, it's seen not a mean. People. It's not a mean spirited um, uh, account. Generally, it, I'm right? not mean. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> So you're not mean spirited either. So what would people do? I don't know. I shouldn't live in... You just block them. That's true. That might be... just block them. Nice. I feel very powerful. Oh, you are powerful. Block them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, So, on on balance then, would you say you recommend internet dating? Uh, Yes. I mean, (laughs) yes and no, because... um, it depends what you're looking for. Mm. Um, you can have a lot of fun, certainly. Mm. And and to, and to be fair, as you know, mm. I have a regular friend with benefits um, that I met mm. on Bumble, um, and, and and you know he's really got me through for two years. God bless you know, him. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. We love uh, him. We love him. Sexy ginger. <laughs> Sexy ginger. We love him. Um, <laughs> Without loving him, we're yeah, no, it's okay. Allowed to be very specific arms. in case you're listening. Sexy <laughs> we're using the L word appropriately. <laughs> um, so, and I don't think I would have met mm. him. You know, you what you also meet is people from all sorts of walks of life. Um, that generally, I think um, we all live our, in our own echo chambers, and people are connected through friends or work. So you meet quite a broad scape of people. Um, so yeah, I would recommend it because you yeah. get, you get different things and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Give it well, a go. Okay. But, well, then I don't I would... hope for a relationship. <laughs> it won't matter. Yes. Well, then I was, was going to put, I was going to put the responsibility yeah. on you then to say that if you, it, saying that, then do you have any advice? Advice? Yes, I do. Um, be honest. Mm. Uh, my big bugbears are people lying about their age so putting the wrong age on um women tend to do it to make themselves younger (laughs) and men do it to make themselves older which I think is really bizarre so you'll get lots of men coming up as like 45 on on their on their profile and then underneath it says not really 45 29 um uh can't can't change it tinder made a mistake no tinder sorry what the tender staff a very aren't going around mistake. sabotaging <laughs> men's ages to hook them up with older women, are they? Um, so that kind of stuff mm-hmm. really annoys me because mm. just don't lie because I already know I don't want to spend any time with you. Yeah, um, And there will be women that will be specifically looking Mm. A twenty-nine-year-old man. There may well be. There may well be. <laughs> so, so don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just be yourself. Be honest. Be honest about what you're looking for as well. Um, although, actually, I say that one of my big bugbears is people who say, "So, what are you looking for on here?" 
And, and and I my answer is depends on the person that you meet, doesn't it? It could yeah. be you could meet someone and have a brilliant friendship with them. You could meet someone and have a one night stand with them. You could have a fling with them. You could have a casual fuck buddy. Um, you could end up having a romantic relationship. Um, but but I personally am open to all of those options. Absolutely. Um, but I think if you know that you're not and you're only looking for something casual or you're only mm. looking for a romantic relationship, then I think it's best to be honest. Absolutely. Honesty is indeed the best policy. And, and don't use pictures that are 10 years old. No, don't. None of that. None of that. Awful. And and actually get your mates to take a picture of you. So many people just take awful selfies. All it's almost like they put five selfies up that they've taken all at the same time. Uh, with slightly different eyebrow levels. <laughs> Sounds like a few actors, I know. <laughs> no, that's not true. Well, it is no comment. It is a little bit true. Um, well, thank you ever so much. What an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And yes, do indeed check out Tinder Girl. You won't be sorry. Well, apologies there for my giggling and inaudible babblings. But I just get very excited to be around Tinder Girl. She's such a pleasure. And we will be hearing from Tinder Girl again at the end of the podcast. And now briefly, I'd like to take you on a walk. Well, hello. I am breaking a rule of mine in getting my phone out on a walk. Well, actually, no, sometimes I will stop and take a picture of something particularly beautiful. Um, partially because my memory is so terrible these days. But yes, I thought I would uh, do a little recording as I was out with my doggy Milo here. And uh, just to share with you how glorious that is for for my brain for reasons i won't bore you with it hasn't been the best day in the world something i was hoping for didn't quite work out and uh, before i came out on this walk i was in tears and now that i'm out in the trees and the light and the air and the grass with my dog looking at the light hitting his lovely gorgeous golden fur I feel completely different. Or, um, so I guess that's what I wanted to share is sometimes when you just change your environment, get out, put down that phone, switch off the TV, whatever it is. I'm always bombarding myself with TV or sometimes I'll have my phone out, the TV will be on and my partner will be playing a video game, which I've got half an eye on as well. And you know what? I love it. I love that sort of bombardment. But after a while your brain gets really busy gets really busy and if you can just change it change your environment get out put it all down for a moment just give your give your senses a bath give it a spring clean and it really allows you to be able to change your mood and look at things with a different perspective i quite often find that that um before I, I, I won't necessarily want to go out for their walk or go and do a workout or whatever it is. There's a sort of a reluctance before, especially if you're feeling down or depression is sucking at your heels. But once you've made that effort to go out, it's amazing the capacity we have for change mentally. And I'm not saying that this makes it a perfect day or that it's going to be... Yeah. I guess fundamentally nothing has changed but the way I'm looking at things has changed and um, it goes back to that taking agency into your life to make choices to make choices to look at the at the sky and the trees and the and the grass and to look at your problems with a little distance and uh, a little perspective yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Okay, well, I will stop babbling on at you and uh, go back to appreciating my surroundings. But I just thought a little snippet from 
Milo and I. Unfortunately, he doesn't talk um, as he is a dog, but uh, we shall carry on now with our walk and I'll speak to you later. Well, I've taken us outside again as the next piece is about a garden. Well, it's about a lot of things. I uh, promised myself that after the last two episodes, which got into some very, very heavy material, that this time I would keep it joyful and light. So, of course, I wrote a study on mortality. So I don't take my own notes very well. But actually, it's really about the positive effect of gardening. I have found that absolutely vital over the last couple of years when things have been very stressful and anxiety making and just getting out amongst nature, but sort of cultivating it and putting one's own um, contribution out there on what was once a uh, patch of concrete and stone where there was no life. I joked that I, when I moved in that my little garden looked like a prison uh, yard, which isn't very romantic. But now it is a riot of colour and life and um, as such has become one of my greatest prides. You know, I, you know, sometimes I think it's okay to be proud. It's, there's a difference between that and vain or arrogant, I think. But to take pride in something is, 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 is no bad thing. When we cover the world in more and more concrete and spume or shit up into the atmosphere, to be able to create a space for life is um, incredibly gratifying. So that's what that, this piece was about. And I wrote it for the wonderful Sarah Laurie and I want to talk about her a little bit. First of all I would just like to read you a little bit from her biog. Now this is only this is only scratching the surface surface the surface um, but she is a she is an actress and a theatre maker a producer she is the founding member of and tomorrow theatre company She's Offie nominated, that's Off West End Awards, nominated as Best Actor for The Good Dad, and I have all my fingers and toes crossed for that, and already has Off West End Awards as a producer for Scrounger and Leah Alone. Now, of course, those are things from her CV, but I want to talk a little bit about my experience of her, because it ties in with what we're talking about here, which is how social media can affect us. And I think it's very easy to look at Facebook or Twitter and see the success of others. And because one starts to feel wanting oneself to become a bitter or ungenerous or just yeah, allow envy to creep in there. Now, I don't think I've ever experienced much good coming out of jealousy it's living from a place of, of lack. And uh, if one can turn that on its head and be happy and thankful and grateful for others doing well, especially in the arts, but like in every walk of, of life, other people's success doesn't diminish us, doesn't make us a failure. The things are not connected. And I certainly feel that in the arts, it's not a competition. It should never be a competition. And it's very clear from when I met Sarah that she doesn't buy into any of that living from lack. I've never met someone who's more immediately generous and giving and thoughtful and hardworking and talented. And I think that has to come from, I mean, I don't know Sarah terribly well, but I really really have connected with her and I really appreciate and I'm grateful for having her in my life because she certainly seems to me to be someone who must have a pretty good sense of self and and a solid core in order to be that generous to others so Sarah I hope you're listening to that and uh, probably cringing away but I hope you're not I hope you're not I 
love where love is due, I say. Anyway, so I wrote this piece with the wonderful um, Sarah in mind. It is, of course, as so much of my stuff is, largely autobiographical. So it is also very much um, with my dear friend uh, who has passed in mind. Um, I know a lot of the people who know me will know who I am talking about, but I just want to say that uh, he was an extraordinary a man who also had that generosity of spirit to walk into a room and make you feel better about yourself for having him talk to you. He had an ability to make you feel confident and your best self. And uh, if we could all live up to the way my friend saw us or made us feel, the world would be a better place. And. Uh, it is a um, it is a great loss to the world that he is no longer upon it, but but he is because he is still so great an influence on his friends, and we talk and think of him often, and he pulls our socks up for us when uh, when we are feeling <coughs> self indulgent and mopey. Anyway, so dedicated to these two extraordinary people, the wonderful Sarah, who is, who is reading the piece, and um, to my dearly departed friend. It is called Glitterball, and I hope you enjoy. Funny how your body gets to its conclusion before the thoughts have time to intervene. My insides contract painfully and my vision blurs and narrows, all because of this stupid little oblong whispering its dirty gossip into my eyes all day long. Today I saw a picture of my good friend. Luminous. Loved by so many and lost so young. Facebook doesn't give a warning. You take your chances every time you log on, if you are as ridiculously sensitive as me. If I had time to prepare, my real thoughts would tell me how wonderful to see their shining face. I am so glad that he's still in everyone's thoughts, never forgotten. That's what I believe. At least I believe that's what I believe. But the pain in my middle and the contraction of my throat tells me. You can't handle it. The physical pain got there first before I could squash the reaction. So, so now the thoughts get a reroute through the bad part of town. You forgot about your friend. Why aren't you posting about him? Are you a bad person? Are you not right? Probably everyone thinks you are self-obsessed. Are you a small, petty person? Well, not small, nobody would call you that. <laughs> How did this become all about you so quickly? Stop it! Look at the state of the world! Why are you still obsessing over the same old dreary shit? Your friend is dead. When are you going to live? And I'm actually a pretty positive person. Bet you don't fancy meeting me for a beer on the back of that though, do you? This tirade comes from the fraction of a second my eyes grazed on one post out of billions. OK, this is a particularly emotive post, but there's a smorgasbord of ways to feel terrible, from the epic to the mundane, all delightfully, deliciously, enticingly contained in this little black box in my hand. I'm choosing to feel bad. It's seductive. Yesterday it was this dog. At someone tagged me in this sad story of Benji, who had a meet-and-greet at Battersea Dog's home, and nobody turned up. 
Now, I've, I've got clever at the quick scroll past animal suffering. I know I'd lose a day being a weeping mess if I look at it, but I got tacked. Now, I know this isn't exactly Ukraine, but little Benji was enough to get me sobbing. And, and here's the thing. Sobbing over something I can't do a bloody thing about. I have a dog already and he can't be homed with another dog, so that's that. But I can't get Benji out of my mind. That poor soul waiting for love. Then I start to think of all the dogs in cages. All the dogs suffering abuse or or being used for fighting. I think now of all the dogs in kill shelters in America. I think of all the horrific things happening to dogs globally. India, Spain, China, on and on and on and on. And now my vision... It's a pin and now I'm gasping for breath and I'm on the floor and I'm trying to remember the mantra for a panic attack. It's five things you can see or is it, is it touch? Four things you can, what, smell perhaps? And how many things are you supposed to taste? I can never remember it. This confusion calms me and I lie on my back Tears streaming down to pool in my ears, looking at the dirt on the ceiling and wishing my arms weren't so bloody short so I could clean it. But for fuck's sake, don't start thinking about cleaning. I should probably delete all the things. Uh, Twitter, Facebook. Well, to be honest, those are the only two I use and, and, and I don't really use Twitter But it's work, isn't it? And at all those people you thought you lost years ago who find you through it, such joy. It it can be a great support for an antisocial, isolated twat like me. So I have to be smart. Put down the little frenemy slab and go outside. I pull back the sliding door and a breeze sweeps my face pulling the rot of my thoughts out my silly ears and whipping them out of reach. My mind goes soft. Take in my tiny garden and whoosh. The body is there with its response before the thought. My eyes fill with grateful tears at the, at the colour and the life. Smells floral earthy with just a hint of dog pee fill the cavities in my face. I start a slow methodical cataloguing of jobs to be done, which plants would play happiest together, what needs to be cut back to let new growth grow through. I study a pile of leaves and and contemplate tidying them, but a peep beneath the top layer reveals a tiny ecosystem thriving there. Always a gentle lesson in the garden. I battle a perfectionist drive. It is a lie, as there is no perfect. That's a sure way to misery. Here in the garden, the the messiest parts, all the stuff that wouldn't cut it at the Chelsea Flower Show, are where the most life exists. The isopods weaving their understated mineral magic. Worms dancing through the murk. Spiders, those incredible hunter, mother, artists, spinning translucent traps, all making a kingdom of a foot of dark, decomposing leaves. I see the tiny things. I am careful with them. I even love the aphids, little fat bodies and big eyes farming my lupins. Bloody cute. I let them be. Well, who am I to decide? Besides, it brings the red bug button ladybirds feeding. It all has its place. The crawlies bring the birds hopping and eyeing and spreading their tiny dinosaur charm through the foliage. It's not Disney. Me, whirling princess-like in a saccharine bird-tweeting nature scene. It is full of struggle. The cycles come quickly. Almost as soon as something has produced its delicate flower, it is in decline. One can plant a bulb or seed 
anticipated for months. See, it shoots, bud, and, and then a gusty day can blow away the petals before you even get to meet them. I love every stage. The planting of the seed. You can't do that, bury it in the soil, without investing in the future, without looking forward. And then the earth's surface begins to bubble and crack with these shoots that are questing to the top. It, it feels like some ancient magical secret, and I suppose it is. The green spikes grow and change. Leaves divide and define their patterns in an ever-changing flow. Buds teasing as a pout, waiting to be a kiss. Then the blousy blooms, what, what all the waiting is about. I don't find them any more beautiful than the plants, twisting as they fade and return themselves to the earth. Ah, oh, it's all sexy as hell. I sink my hands into the compost, repotting some long-termers who have outgrown their starter homes. My dog pads out and sniffs around my efforts, checking everything is still in order. A leaf sticks to the moistness on the end of his long, lurcher snout. He sneezes it off and goes to lie in a spot of unseasonable sun. Watching his golden sides rising and falling and his interested scenting of the air, I am grateful for the 14 years of love and safety we have shared. My knees remind me that I've been crouching for a while, so I pop down beside him and take a break. <laughs> I thought I was one for subtlety. A few tasteful architectural green bushes and a muted palette of blooms. What I've actually created is a bright, chaotic mess of recycled, decorated tin cans and fences painted turquoise and purple. Inside is a riot of different coloured flowers, whatever could be grabbed during the pandemic. It makes beautiful sense. Why be polite? A flash blinds me for a moment. The glitter ball hangs from the tree, gaudily throwing its light blips around the garden. I cry now. Appropriately. Not full of overstimulated garbage, but purely. You see, my bright, beautiful friend who passed gave me that glitter ball. Of course he did. That's what he did. Boldly cover the world in light. He was a pioneer. One of a kind. I remember his bravery and his generosity. How he could make anyone feel like the most important person in the room. Take someone special to do that. Thinking of him right. I let myself cry. My dog unconcerned, yawns and trots inside. So much for revelations. I stand and wipe the soil from my hands on the pyjama bottoms I am still wearing, pop inside and grab the disgraced phone lying on the coffee table. I take a picture of the glitter ball in all its fabulous glory and I, and I think about posting it. I might but for now I keep it just for me. And for him. Thank you so much for that, Sarah. But of course it's not always easy just to put down the phone and get outside. Sometimes when we're feeling low, we might have some depression or anxiety... We quite often turn to our digital toys for comfort and it's very easy to get stuck in there like a kind of mental glue trap. As I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, our lives have changed and, and media has really sent its tendrils out into every area of our lives. I'm repeating myself here, but that isn't always a bad thing. I mean, after all, I wouldn't be able to talk to you now 
if we weren't communicating through media. I mean, I'm not piping this directly from the elements into your brain. I promise I'm not. But it can also be very sinister and life-robbing. I've been watching a lot of documentaries recently, and I've noted that in all the ones that are set in a modern context, there's always an element of social media or digital life which is getting in there and being problematic. For example, just three that I watched recently, one was about influencers, which of course can be a good and a bad thing, uh, but they were influencers in the realm of beauty and those products. And they can influence, well, obviously, that, that that's the point of being an influencer, I suppose, certain products into becoming very uh, sought after to give high status or just to be the products to have. Now, as an old fart like me, I think, you know, getting oneself into such a tiz over a certain shade of lipstick seems uh, crazy. But, of course, it isn't. This is, you know... This is, the, this is the modern world and not everyone can afford these products. So then people are seeking out knockoff versions which can be full of lead or mercury. Awful. Um, even worse, I was looking at a documentary where some young ladies had killed themselves because of cyberbullying. And in this instance... They had had uh, photographs and films of themselves in compromising positions being threatened to be released, which left them feeling so trapped that the only way out was to kill themselves, which is heartbreaking. I mean, to think that these poor women would think that it was somehow their fault or their shame to carry is perverse and... Uh, I hark back to previous episodes to say we've got a lot of work to do yet there. And then uh, finally another one, I was looking at this unsolved murder and a whole bunch of people got on on the old interweb to play cyber detective and had found this young man that they they thought was the, uh, was the murderer, uh, mainly because of the way he looked. Um... And uh, he had absolutely nothing to do with the murder at all, of course. But it didn't stop his life being absolutely slashed to pieces. And he also contemplated suicide. So it can be a grim and murky world. But as I have said before, I am not a digital girl. This is not my area of expertise. So I asked my friend... Willie O'Shea, if he would share some of his material on the subject. He is a very talented musician and poet, but I wouldn't want you to imagine a young man prancing around in doublet and hose with a lute and a felt hat. He's a very different kind of artist to that. And like myself, Willie is open about having mental health issues and I applaud that because the more we speak about it the more we take off the stigma and allow other people to talk as well so I really applaud him for that and also for making efforts to change his life to combat it it's very seductive I always think when one has mental health issues and depression and things of that nature to allow it to become one's identity there's something seductive about the familiar um, habits and problems and it takes effort and guts and hard work to change these things. But of course, ultimately, that's how you get to really live. So again, hats off for that. Wonderful Willie O'Shea. I will leave you with him and if you want to check him out, Further, and I suggest you do. His handle is at Thoughts and Prayers with an E.
into it, over it, forgotten already. I need new input, so I flick on the telly. A million fucking options available in an instant. Is it any real wonder why we all become so distant? With instant validation offered via emojis and double-clicked hearts, instant gratification via harvested parts of your psyche, your thoughts, likes and words, maybe these algorithms are more of a curse. See, we no longer have the patience to scratch the surface. If it's not already happened, then we ask, is it really all worth this? Time and effort, we move on, we swipe left, time is tick-tocking. It's mad, isn't it? How we perceive time potentially wasted in pursuit of entertainment, so we doom scroll instead of learning, we miss most parts of our journey. Just rolling in autopilot, headphones on, scared of the silence, afraid of all strangers that we let them have all our data, as soon as we cannot see them. And for what? To save some more of our precious fucking time, that we just waste away gawking at cat videos, a whole blase away of carefully constructed ad hoc life moments, processed to access optimum interactions. And now we're back again, to the double-clicked hearts, the gifteds, the thrifteds, and thank yous, thanks Hans XOXO. But this, this is just our life now, isn't it? It is what it is. Everyone's a philosopher or a so-called doctor that needs to be heard, yet rarely fucking listens to anything that doesn't fit into the square box echo chamber. I mean, I'm not actually that much better, and I'm not the first to throw stones, and I'm thankful for the outlet and validations. It just doesn't feel real. Or should that be real? Art. Uh, Hmm. I mean, we're all just watching other lives. I forget. I'm just watching other lives, and we're all just watching other lives, and I'm forgetting to fucking live mine. And I'm just sitting here, just killing more time. Thank you so much, Willie. Yeah, it's very upsetting, and I know a lot of people will be feeling that way. So thank you so much for sharing. And if you want to check out more from Willie, his Insta handle, once again, is at Thoughts and Prayers. Now, before I leave you, let's check back in with that cheeky young lady, Tinder girl. Now, for all of you who may be thinking about uh, stepping into some online dating or Perhaps you're happily coupled up, but wondering, got a little bit of FOMO about what might be out there. Tinder Girl has very kindly gathered together a little selection of gentlemen that you might be able to meet if you chose to get out there onto Tinder. John, 49 from London, has chosen the prompt on Hinge, I want someone who... I want someone who will look good in my recently deceased wife's clothes. Good luck, John. Jeremy, 36. Looking to find a nice person to connect with, emotionally and physically. No dramas needed. Have your shit together, please! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Roll the eye face. Like to laugh. Enjoy nights out and nights in on the sofa, laughing emoji. Love travelling. Own eyebrows, please. Two thirds of an ellipsy. John, 36. I hate being shouted at, sleeping alone. Just love honesty. That's honestly all the photos I've got. Two are just now. I honestly am good-looking, though, if that matters. Kiss. George. 45. 12 miles away. I enjoy videos of sheep being shaved. It's not a sexual thing. It's so funny how the sheep never want to be shaved. They might run away a little bit. But once they're getting shaved, they really start getting into it. It's really satisfying to watch, but not in a sexual way. And the way all the wool just melts off them. Sheep are also just really cute. Not cute as in sexy. It's not sexual or anything. I just jerk off while I watch it because it feels good. It's not sexual.
Yes, it's probably unfortunate for everybody that I have found sound effects. I'll try to rein that in in future. So yes, I think you can see it's a it's a rich world out there on the dating scene. Thank you so much, everybody, for spending time with me again. I really appreciate it. Now, I said this before, I am no expert. I am no expert on the subject matter of social media. I am no expert when it comes to mental health. And you may question why you're bothering to listen to me at all. And and that would be fair. But I would like to say, if anyone is really suffering or having issues with any of the things we've talked about today, please do talk to friends and family and professionals because there is a lot of help out there. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again. Until the next time. If you trace the lines closely You might walk the road I've been on Understand why I cling on for a change of weather For a change of weather